Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. Now, some of you listeners may have noticed as of late that we here on this show have been on a bit of a college tennis bender, and this isn't news to any of you listeners, but we here at Cracked Rackets adore college tennis. We really do think it's one of the best, most pure, most innocent forms of the game that any fan can enjoy, and we think if we can immerse you guys in the culture, get you familiar with the sort of stories, the types of talents, and just personalities that exist within the college game, that you'll all fall in love with it as much as we have, and that's why we want to continue to feature some of those great personalities, some of those great talents here on this podcast, and of course, there are a lot of dynamics right now in play for so many college tennis players now. As of late, you know, it was great news when a couple of weeks ago, the ITA announced that they were going to name All-Americans, and they did name them for this 2020 season. Yes, it was only half the year, maybe a little bit more than that, and there was still so much tennis to be played, but there were so many athletes who put together spectacular seasons, and they deserve to be honored for their accomplishments, and we're really happy the ITA decided to do that. Uh, But of course, there are other factors in play as well, because for all of these seniors out there, none of them could have imagined that their last season would be wiped away by a global pandemic. But then the NCAA came out and made the decision that they were going to afford spring sport athletes an extra year of eligibility, offer them the chance to come back, have the sort of senior season they deserve to have and, you know, end their careers in the right sort of fashion. And that leaves, you know, a fascinating dynamic for so many senior tennis players across the country because there are so many talented uh, seniors out there who have, you know, immense decisions to make, whether to go pursue their professional dreams, dreams they may have had since they were young children, um, and the choice versus whether to put those dreams off for another year, come back and maybe finish what they started at their respective universities. And, of course, they don't know what professional tennis is going to look like when we come back either. It's, it's, you know, are we going to see tennis in 2020? Are we going to see it in 2021? Does it behoove of these athletes to go back to college to ensure that they have another year of development, just a place to train, as opposed to leaving things in flux when there's just so much uncertainty surrounding professional tennis? And, you know, that's why, again, now more than ever, we appreciate having the opportunities to speak with some of these athletes who face those decisions and get Uh, a look into their mindset, into the factors they're weighing as they make that choice. And that's why we're thrilled on today's podcast to be joined once again by Pepperdine ITA All-American Champion. She was the ITA Oracle Masters event champion this year, and she ended the season as the number one ranked singles player in the Division I women's game. Pepperdine's Ashley Leahy, who joins us on the podcast once again to discuss her decision, and she has already made it clear, she's made it public, She's going to come back for an additional year at Pepperdine, and she explains why throughout this podcast she made that choice, how she thinks her time at Pepperdine have helped her not only become a more well-developed tennis player, but just a more well-rounded human being, and why that off-the-court development is just as valuable to her as anything on the court. She also talks about the uncertainty right now in professional tennis, how that weighed in on her decision, and then, of course, we get into some college tennis fun stuff. I got the chance to see her at the National Indy 
indoors in person. I think that was the only event this year where she lost a match to Princeton's Brianna Schwetz. Uh, and I just ask Ashley, what's it like to be the number one player in the country to deal with that sort of pressure day in, day out, week in, week out? I also go ask her what it's like to be the one senior, and there's another uh, you know graduate transfer on her team this year, Jessica Faila. But uh, I ask her, what's it like to be the senior on a team with so many young players and to have the sort of experience that they did at the national indoors and how you know having such a young team such a promising so many promising talents on the roster did that influence her decision at all as well and then of course we have some fun with some rapid fire questions but you know always appreciate the chance to get to talk to the number one college player in the nation and for Ashley to come back again I think this is her second pod in like six months I mean it speaks to you know not only what an incredible story and what an incredible talent she is but what a captivating personality as well this is a really fun conversation before we get to that i want to let all of you know quickly that these cracked interviews podcasts are made possible by our friends at midwest sports and you know the deal for more than 20 years they've been one of the world's premier tennis equipment suppliers they've got a comprehensive selection of fast shipping tennis supplies that few retailers can match and one of the largest in-stock inventories of tennis equipment with tens of thousands of products available for shipping from their 40,000 square foot automated warehouse directly to your door i've said it repeatedly that warehouse is the candy land of the tennis community and look they value innovation and they've personally tailored their products to highlight your skills on the court and even if you don't know what you need, their well-trained staff are intimately familiar with all of their equipment and will help you find that perfect tennis racket, perfect shoe, or perfect piece of clothing that is sure to put you ahead of the competition. So here's what you're going to do. You're going to go to MidwestSports.com. You're going to find all of the things you need to succeed on the tennis court, and then you're going to want a little bit of a discount. Now, you're not going to need it because their prices are already beating all of their competitors, but just to save yourself an extra 15%, use our promo code CR15. Let our friends at Midwest West Sports know who sent you there. And you'll get 15% off all of your orders. Now, on orders over $75, you'll also get free two-day shipping. But better than anything else, they want you to be prepared to hit the tennis court whenever you can safely and healthily do that in your own community. So on top of all of that, the 15% off, the free two-day shipping, they're going to throw in a can of Wilson tennis balls as well to ensure you have all of the equipment you need to get back on the court. So one more time, go to MidwestSports.com, use that promo code CR15, get 15% off all of your tennis needs. They are so kind to be supportive to us. The least we can do is ask you to support them as well. All right. With that being said, let's get to our interview with the number one ITA ranked singles player in the country in 2020, Pepperdine's Ashley Leahy. Joining us on today's show, she was the 2019 Oracle ITA Masters champ, the ITA All-American champ, this year's ITA number one singles player in the country, and she was recently named an All-American for the third time in her career, Pepperdine's Ashley Leahy. Ashley, welcome back to the show. Congratulations. How are you doing? Good. How are you? <laughs> uh, no complaints. The truth is you might hear me shiver at times during this podcast, and I am nervous because anytime I talk to the number one player in the country, obviously that's a nerve-wracking experience. But yesterday it got to like 70 degrees here in Indianapolis, and so we turned off the heat, and now it's like 45 outside, and it's like 55 oh in here. So, yeah, it's I'm cold. 
Um, but, you know, warmed by your presence, I suppose, because again, yeah, there you go. There's a nice corny segue for you because, you know, uh, for you, number one player in the country, and I'm sure this is not how you anticipated your senior year ending, but uh, to be named an All-American for the third time in your career, what does that mean to you? Um, it's really cool. I think any sort of uh, accolade is always exciting to get and just kind of fun to show not necessarily just for me, but for all the people who have put tons of energy and hours into helping me develop my game. Um, I think it just shows all of our hard work together and, and I, you know, enjoy getting any sort of recognition. It's just a special experience. Oh, I can only imagine. And for you, again, it's a bittersweet moment because, of course, the 2020 season wiped out by the coronavirus right. pandemic. But, you know, I think you were something like 36-1 and one or something crazy at the 26-1. <laughs> and one. I got the six right uh, at this point of the year in singles when play stopped. Uh, it, you know, you're not going to get to finish this season, but to have that sort of recognition at the end, I, I guess, you know, to find out you're an All-American, did it put some kind of bow on this 2020 season or do you still feel a little? you know hungry to finish it well i think it's cool that they still did the all-american awards even though the season didn't finish um that was super nice of them to still put that together and and go through that um i i don't know i mean i've played tennis my whole life and um i it's getting it getting canceled for a few months is definitely a bummer but there's other things in life that i'm getting to do now and um i really really was in the swing of season with my teammates and my coaches and getting better and enjoying it a lot. Um, so it was a huge disappointment when the season was ended, but now I'm with family. Um, and you know, there's a lot of stuff going on obviously, but for the most part, I'm just getting to relax, which is something I'm not used to. So, um, and, and I'm enjoying it. <laughs> so, and, <laughs> oh, you know, there's, I'm glad to hear it. yeah, there's always more tennis in the future and, you know, it's not one of those, I think it's, it's probably, in my experience, much more difficult to be injured or sidelined when you're when you're out um, and there's still stuff going on and you feel very left out. Whereas with this, we're kind of all in it together, and so um, to experience it and still keep in touch with people and just be like, yeah, this kind of stinks, but you know, at least we're we're in it. Yeah, no, definitely. And I want to start with the uh, less fun questions and work our way up. But you talk about, you know, you find the season being canceled. And let's start there. How did you find out? I believe your team was eight and four at the time the season was canceled. You know, uh, not maybe not the way national indoors didn't go the way you wanted, but certainly hitting the swing of things. And I'm curious, I think you guys had just played UCLA. But you know, was it right around that match when you started to hear things? And ultimately, how did you find out the season was being canceled? Yeah, it was a really weird process because things started, it was very fast. It was um, like no one was really had it on their radar. And then all of a sudden they had uh, all of classes got canceled and everyone was told we were going to, no, it was like the Monday, um, actually one of the, the dean of the school actually taught one of my classes. And so he was always on the forefront of knowledge. And on we had class on Monday and Wednesday. And on Monday, everyone was... Uh, completely normal. He was telling us, yeah, we're not going to cancel school. Like, def- it's definitely not going to happen. Pepperdine is like a perfect um, spot where we're kind of isolated from other people, you know, whatever. So no one was really worried. It's like a small school. Um, and then Tuesday, things got a little bit 
uh, more weird with some schools getting shut down and stuff, but it still did not look as if we were going to be in that boat. And then Wednesday we went to class and everybody was in tears and stuff because, you know, it's a senior class and everyone knew that we were going to be getting sent home, but we were still in the, um, under the, uh, impression that the athletes would be able to stay on campus and we would still be doing our, our classes on Zoom, but we all my teammates and I would still be able to stay and train and, and do athletics and, and so it was going to be great um, and we were still happy and then I think it was like the next morning early all of a sudden, um, well I actually went out to go to go practice and then that's when uh, teams started canceling, like it was first Ivy Leagues and then it was um, bigger schools, like I think sec canceled their conference or something like that and then we're just like yeah that's it that's the that's the end of the season and so i was about to walk out for practice like okay what's the point of this like (laughs) (laughs) and it it rained for a straight week in malibu which never happens and it was like this is the apocalypse like we're we're all going down (laughs) yeah yeah, no, that that's uh, that, yeah, rain and I mean, California was sort of ahead of everything, right, in terms of shutting yeah. things down and on the forefront. Yeah, Indian definitely. Wells was canceled there as well, and that was sort of the first big sporting event to postpone. And I'm curious for you and your teammates because you know I'm sure not all of your teammates are from California. I know some of them aren't, and so you know what was that process like? And for you as a senior as well as you mentioned, because it would have been your probably last semester on campus right. as well. So just that process of going home and you know staying in touch with all of your teammates during that time how difficult was all of that yeah it was um it was really sad because even after they canceled stuff it looked like some of the teammates were gonna stay and we're all just gonna like ride it out together and all that but then um they started realizing that if they didn't get home because i have a lot of international teammates so if they didn't get home soon they're not going to be able to get home with all the closures that were going on and so when they started to say that they were going to leave, that's when I started to get really mad. <laughs> but, you know, um, we're still keeping in touch over FaceTime and uh, WhatsApp and all that. So it hasn't been too terrible. No, I'm glad to hear that. And obviously, uh, it came a couple of weeks later, but the NCAA announced that they were going to extend an extra year of eligibility to all of the spring sport athletes who had their senior year taken away. And, you know, I guess it's a two-part question. One, when you heard that news, what was your initial reaction? And, you know, two, since then, you have announced you are coming back for, uh, you know, to finish the business you have at Pepperdine. What went into your decision to come back for an additional year um i really really love pepperdine i think it's just been an absolutely incredible place for me to be training um and i've loved my educational experience there and the community that i've been immersed in while going to school there and i just didn't feel entirely ready to leave it i mean i i had in my mind um told myself that i was ready to leave and i think i would have been especially if um everything was still open and i could have transitioned smoothly onto playing some pro tournaments and all that but when I was presented with the opportunity to be able to come back I was super excited because it does feel like home for me to be there I love training with my teammates they're really really life-giving people and just my best friends on and off the court and uh, my coaches I'm very close with them and, and they're really really amazing for my game they um, they know me really well, and I wasn't entirely sure what I was going to do in terms of coaching after I graduated. So to have the opportunity to work with them for another year, I still feel like 
um, there's so much room for growth in my game and they know exactly the steps that we want to take to get me to the level that I want to be at when I do turn pro. Um, and so to be given that opportunity to train with them for one more year and to be at Pepperdine where I get to further my education and um, be in that wonderful community that I get to be in there, um, that was just a pretty easy decision for me. Yeah, and so I, I do want to follow up on that because you've you, you sort of made it. I mean, it sounds like it was both a tennis decision and a personal decision. But I'm curious from the tennis perspective because again, 26 and one, you won both of the fall majors. You've been number one in the country. You, what do you think college tennis still has to offer you in terms of improving your game, especially as someone who's been top 500 in the world in the professional ranks? Why do you think an even in, you know an additional year of college seasoning will help you? That's a good question. And I want to preface that with saying that I know my record was impressive, but that by no means that that doesn't mean that I'm completely dominating the college tennis scene. I think that there's some incredible competition available in college and um, I've had some tough matches. I really got on a streak there um, and was very confident playing well, no ad scoring. <laughs> the matches were going quick, you know, <laughs> and uh um, but I, I don't think that I'm way better than um, the other college players. I think that there's a ton of extremely high-level players in college and that when I compete against those top players, it's it's be- uh, better or the same as um, some of the top 200 pros that I've played. Um, I think that college is a, is a really, really strong environment for competing, and I also love competing on a team and playing for a team. It makes me feel like I'm working for something bigger than myself. I think that the training environment is um, a lot easier and more positive. I find it very difficult to do kind of the, – the pro tour is pretty lonely. Um, and I know I can handle it, especially if I have the um, the right mindset with it and find a good group of friends and coaches to travel with. But um, in terms of, of college tennis, it, it does offer me good opportunities to compete – um, as well as just a great staff who's dedicated to me and believes in me um, and just an amazing team to train with where I don't feel like I'm alone. I feel like I have um, a great environment to be in. Mm-hmm. And you alluded to this in your answer, but you know, Ty, you've played Alexa Graham, I think, like four times over the past year. But you know, her <laughs> yeah. and the fellow players at the top of the game, um, the the reps and the competition you're getting at the number one singles position. How do you think that compares to you know when you're starting out playing 25k, 100k events at the WTA level? Is the level of play fairly similar? The same or higher? Mm-hmm. I. especially in um, I don't want to be disrespectful to anybody but um, I do think that college tennis is is a higher level than a lot of people give it credit for Um, and I think that we're going to see college players doing well um, on the tour after they graduate yeah I I look forward to seeing all of you guys make that transition hopefully we just get pro tennis back sometime soon Um, I know know. my gosh I know yeah, I mean, we do we a daily yeah, exactly. We do a daily podcast, and I was ready to do 30 minutes on just you coming back and the implications of that on next year's seasons. I'm like, we're running out of topics here. Um, but, you know, I'm curious because, again, just to pry on this topic a little bit further, in terms of your game personally, and I got the chance to do the play-by-play calling for the national indoors. And, you know, I, I guess I was I got to see the one loss, which makes me special this year because yeah, it, it, it proves you are mortal. Um, but I, I'm curious for 
for you because you know the serve and the forehand stand out. Uh, you, you hit those big. I think those are pro you know pro ready shots. But for you, tennis wise, what are you looking to further improve in your additional season at Pepperdine? Um, there's a lot of uh, improvements left for for my game. I think I'm. I don't think I've ta- I've uh, maximized really any of my shots. Um, there's definitely some improvements with just like overall game style and just picking up on players' weaknesses and like the tactical aspect. And that's another thing with college tennis is having a coach on the court with you is not something you necessarily get to do in pro tennis. And so to have someone who's an outside perspective who helps you pick up on the little intricacies of the game and what you need to do, how you need to adapt your strategy and all that. I think I've really learned a lot from that and watching film with coaches and all that too. Um, so definitely the tactical aspect. I think the fitness trainer that I work with at Pepperdine is absolutely incredible. It helps me so much with my movement and strength. I felt in the fall season last semester, I was moving the best I, I had ever been and, and getting to shots that I never would have expected to be able to make a play on. Um, and just, yeah, it's more just tying up all of, all of the shots that I've worked on together um, into uh, a solid method of play. I think, I mean, my strokes are pretty well developed. Obviously I can get better in, um, little aspects of them, but it's more just putting up, putting the whole package together. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And I'm curious for you on the non-tennis side, but just being a senior this year for what was a fairly young team, I think you and Jessica, uh, Jessica were the only, you know, I think upperclassmen yeah. at all on right. the roster and for you just you know personally what was it like to play uh, you know to be the senior leader on a team that was that young what did you learn from this season what skills did you pick up that you may not otherwise have uh, you know what's so sad is that I mean I did feel like I was a leader but I also just I came in as a freshman and was all over the place like didn't know what I was doing where I was going I had to be directed in, in in the right direction for several years before I kind of figured out what college tennis was all about. Um, and the freshmen that we had come in this year are just completely mature um, leaders themselves. And they lead by example. They get out there every day and do what they're supposed to do. So I didn't have to shepherd anyone. Um, we all just kind of got together and, and worked hard. And that's not, that's a really rare occurrence with freshmen. Usually freshmen have to, you have to help them out a little bit, but um, we're lucky enough to have a team that everyone is on the same page. We're all working our butts off, and, and no one really has to has to say um, or push or push the other one. And in some ways, I, I feel like I was able to to step up and be a leader just by putting in the work myself. And um, but but it was really a team leading. Like there's no clear captain or 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 anything like that. Yeah. No, I would say the difference is, you know, and uh, for the record, I'm 24. We were Drake and Josh, and they're more iCarly. That's like the biggest difference between the two, you know, our, the Nickelodeon shows we watch. But I'm curious, knowing that they are all going to come back, obviously, so many young players on your team, is that any extra incentive for you as you were making your decision, knowing that Definitely. You, know, you guys were hitting your stride? Definitely. I, I'm very, very close with my teammates, and um, being around them just gives me so much joy and makes practicing. I was so excited to go play with them every single day. And um, it made it made tennis really, really fun. And I think that's one of the reasons why I improved so much in the fall semester and in the spring is I was just surrounded by such great people, such life-giving people. And um, 
and that just made it a lot easier to train. Yeah, and you know your roster this year, your guys' team. Uh, you know, I think you were eight and four uh, at the time the season stopped. And you know, you've been on teams that have made national indoor finals. You've been on teams that have made NCAA quarterfinals. What were your feelings about this Pepperdine team? And then again, knowing that you're going to get all of you back, uh, how are you feeling about you know what next season's starting to look like? Yeah, like you said, we have a young team, so uh, there's definitely a lot of room for growth and that was the thing is that throughout the season I really felt like we were making that, that growth um and just become we didn't start out as the powerhouse the way some of the other teams were where you just have people at six who've been former number one in the countries um but we so we didn't necessarily have that but just the way we fought for each other and and how close we all were um and the kind of practices that we had where we were all just working together really well and, and all getting better. I just felt like we were in a steady project out towards becoming a really, really effective team that, that had a shot at the at the title. I think if we get a chance to train together next year um, and be in the same environment, it'll be kind of a similar situation. Um, unfortunately, it's looking like things are going to be really strange. Who knows if there's even going to be a fall season. I mean, yeah, everything is kind of all over the place yeah you might have won the last ita oracle masters event which bravo to you i guess i don't know if that's funny yet it might still be too soon but um yeah no and you know to your point about your team uh you guys uh, i think it was the 4-3 loss at oklahoma state a 4-3 loss at ucla but you know yeah. you had beaten texas yeah. 7-0 you had just beaten michigan at home 4-1 um and obviously to get back to the that national indoors you guys struggled a little bit there now you lost to a good duke team in your first match you lost to a good princeton right. team as well but was that a learning experience did it help you know to do you oh, think definitely. net benefit it'll help i mean it's kind of crazy there's a there's a big level difference between going from uh top 20 to top 10 from top 30 to top 20 there's like a huge jump between i think the biggest jump is from top 10 to like top 14 so those top those those top top teams are I mean, you got to have every player show up ready to play. Otherwise, there's no competition. Um, and I think that that's always what happens at National Indoors, as you see in the beginning of the season, especially if we have a younger team, is um, you guys are this – is, this is not – college tennis is not a joke. And I remember my freshman year um, coming in, and we were ranked number three in the country. And I was like, oh, yeah, we're so cool. Like, we're the best. This is going to be – so much fun we're gonna go win national indoors and just being completely shell-shocked by the the level of tennis um and we lost in like the second round at, um at, at the on on site and then the consolation i wasn't even i was like oh whatever consolation like this is gonna be so easy i wish we were playing main drum we got railed because <laughs> everybody came in with that kind of mindset that i had <laughs> and we're like okay guys like this is a good wake-up call we gotta <laughs> We gotta believe that there's um, a high level out there that we have to compete at. Yeah, no, I mean for sure, especially when yeah. you have such a young roster, as you mentioned. And I'm curious, you know, for you, uh, you know, to get back to this idea of you being the senior leader, but even beyond that, just to be the number one player in the country, you're undefeated heading into that event. You know, how different are the pressures of playing at number one, knowing your teammates are expecting you to put up a point on the board versus getting to be that young, you know, superstar freshman recruit who comes in and is just right. you know, winning everything. No, I, I think I the reason I did so well in the fall is because my mindset was that I, I was just trying to enjoy tennis and 
uh, and the experience I talked with you about that in, in the fall that um, I just felt like the pressure had kind of gone away after taking a summer where I wasn't playing full time. I, I had got some other experiences and just did other life things and um, came back to tennis and was excited to be on court again. Um, and then a lot of expected up with me after um, having that kind of a successful run. Um, and so over Christmas break, I was really sick. Um, I was kind of like in bed for five weeks. I just kind of ran myself into the ground with um, school and tennis and then lots of commitments. And then my body just needed time to recover. And so when I came back, I was super out of shape and uh, struggling to get back and to try to find the way of being again and then I started the season um, before I was really ready physically or mentally and uh, had a ton of expectations for myself and from from everybody else and then um, I felt the, the weight of that on my shoulders when um, I started playing those matches and and I think that that's where I was tight on the big moments and um, wasn't able to play at the level that I was in the fall and then throughout the season that slowly started that slowly came back yeah. Okay. So I want to, I'm going to give a slight counter is the wrong word. You know, your game better than me, but uh, I noticed at the national indoors and it stuck out to me. It's just how smiley you were when you're interacting with your coaches, whether it was, you know, your assistant Pete head coach Nilsson. Was that something you were going out of your way to do as a senior to try and, you know, have that positive uh, positivity trickle down to the rest of your team? Yeah. National indoors was a weird time for our team. Um <laughs> uh, <laughs> We we had some we had some stuff going on at that time, but in general, I I do love tennis and I do love being with my team. And so I'm sure that there were a lot of good moments where I did have some smiles and all that. But um, if you're able to pick up on that at, at national indoors, I wish you'd seen us at any other event. <laughs> 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 I've been pleasantly surprised. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. hopefully i'll get to see that next year um but yeah you know uh, uh for your uh as you mentioned just getting a break from tennis you took a break after the fall and you sort of mentioned this at the beginning of the podcast but right now it's obviously a dead period in certain parts of the countries you can't even go play on public tennis courts or find an right. easy court with access and i'm curious for you you know it i guess a have you enjoyed this break from tennis and b are you trying to keep any sort you know what is your training schedule looking like right now we actually do have access to some courts and one of my teammates is from peru and they've closed the border so she's staying with me um and we're playing two three times a week um and it's just fun we just go out and and mess around i mean i'm not gonna forget how to play tennis i i <laughs> i know that <laughs> um i'm staying in shape i i love working out it's um something that's i've always been uh, been able to do is to push myself physically so I've been um, picking up new fun ways of, of working out and staying active and healthy but um, I'm not necessarily thinking like this is the time where I'm gonna crunch time because um, I know that I can pretty easily burn myself out if I do that so I'd rather just enjoy this as a break yeah, uh, and I, I do want to ask you about any quarantine habits you've picked up in a second. Last Pepperdine-related question, given that, you know, again, how the sort of success you've had over your four years at Pepperdine, and of course, deservedly so, getting to come back to finish your senior season, you're in a pretty good position to just assault the Pepperdine record books. Is that something you're <laughs> going to keep in mind as you head into next year? Um, I try not to. <laughs> I try not to, because I get... I find myself when I focus on 
um, on results and and all that. I just the joy of the game kind of gets it. It sucks the joy out of the game for me, and I start getting focused on the wrong thing and and thinking that the whole process is for for the results. And if they don't come, then then it feels like the process was for nothing. Whereas if you focus on the process and enjoying each day of practice and and loving it, then everything just kind of falls into place and there's just way less pressure. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. I think that's, that's completely fair. Um, and so again, uh, I, I will be monitoring your assault on the record books, but uh, <laughs> okay, I'll, ke- I'll keep good. you updated. Yeah. With the, when you pass the big milestones, you know, top three, I'll start sending you messages. Um, but uh, all right. With that in mind, one last thing I want to do with you, just a quick rapid fire series of questions, some fun quarantine ones, some fun ones about sure. your teammates work for you. Yeah, perfect. All right, let's do it, Westoff. Give me a rapid-fire sound effect, please. All right, let's start with this one. The newest quarantine hobby you've picked up. I've picked up so many quarantine hobbies. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm not a person who likes to be bored. Um, so I've been rereading Harry Potter. I've been uh, painting, um, learning guitar and piano, learning Spanish, um, <laughs> I've been a lot of things I've been trying to do. A little bit of schoolwork in there sometimes. I don't even know where yeah. to go off that. Let's start with Harry Potter because I've read the Harry Potter books. I actually think I have the first thirty pages of book seven memorized because I've memorized. I've oh, just that's read it awesome! So yeah, that's just a random tidbit. But um, a which book holds up the best? B if you were in a house, which house would it be in Harry Potter at Hogwarts? Oh my gosh, of course I want to say Gryffindor, but who knows? <laughs> I just want to be with the cool kids. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I don't know, but um, I, I love book seven. I mean, of course, it's like super action-packed and there's just so much going on. Um, yeah. But yeah, right now, so my boyfriend hasn't read the books and I'm trying to read them with him. So um, he's doing a master's in engineering, but is online. So we're quarantined together. Um and I've been so he's been super busy with like finishing up classes and finals and stuff. But for breaks, I'll I'll read the um, we're starting with the first book, so we're on like chapter ten or something like that. Oh, young yeah. Harry, that's a good one too. That yeah. first one's like two, like a hundred twenty pages, so you can just you know yeah, pop it's through quick, it. it's quick. Yeah, I Definitely. I mean, not to compare the two, but I remember when it would be me, my older brother, we must have been like four and seven at the time, and my mom would read it to us. So it's an experience oh. that I hold dear and dear. Yeah, see, a little endearing. Uh, uh, you know, I, I hit you with that. I was at your one loss, but I'll give you an endearing fact about me as well um, to, you know, <laughs> balance, to balance things out. Um, any if For you, uh, any new Netflix shows that you're watching? Yeah. Oh, um, I'm normally not like that into watching TV, but we found a good one. Um, I haven't seen it before. The, the Mentalist. Uh, okay. So we've been watching that and, and it's really good so far. Some good character development going on. Something to look forward to at the end of the day. Yeah. At this point, it's like Netflix. That That's all there is. It's like I found a new show. And just pr- <laughs> pray that it's good. Uh, that and you said you don't like to be bored, but you're willing to do, you know, 30 minutes of conversation with me. So I'll take it. Um, all right. Let's move to the uh, I'll, I guess here's your worst quarantine purchase. Last quarantine one. Um, My last quarantine purchase. Your worst. My worst quarantine purchase. Um. What have I ordered? Uh, I don't know. There's a, there's some weird stuff for sure. I think um, 
I mean, I'm I'm not really much of an online shopper, but um, every once in a while, I'll hear an advertisement for something. I'll be like, oh yeah, I definitely need that. Um, <laughs> and oh, this is you know this is what it is. So um, Amazon recommended for me uh, to buy because I love J.K. Rowling. She's written some other series um, outside of Harry Potter, and uh, I read her book Casual Vacancy. I was like, that was it was a great book. And then she has like this series that she wrote under a pseudonym, like Robert Galbraith or something. And then so Amazon of course is recommending for me one of her books. And I think I paid like, I don't know how much I paid in shipping, but it was just like her speech that she gave um, at Harvard in the form of a book. And so it was only like five pages. And I think I paid like 10 bucks for it. And I was like, that is not worth it at all. So yeah, that's not worth it. <laughs> No, that's better. For me, it was there was a deal at, and I, you know, you go when you go out to get groceries, you got to get them all at once. And there was a deal where it's buy two bags of Reese's eggs, get the third one a dollar off. But if you buy four bags of Reese's eggs, you get the fifth one free. And I have eaten all five of the bags and like every single. Oh my gosh! And, And you know, it was over a well, it was over a two week period, so not not great. Um, but well worth it. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, oh, I did that at Trader do. Joe's. I went to Trader Joe's and I love snacks from Trader Joe's. And normally, like, it's fine to have snacks in your room, but when you're in your room all the time, it's like <laughs> not good. No, yeah. It's, yeah, it's horrible. I've instituted a ten push-up before opening the fridge rule because it's just like if I don't That's do that. That's a good that, idea. Yeah, yeah, it's over. So yeah, I'll take it. All and right. And then by the uh, time you're done with the ten push-ups, you're like, am I actually hungry or am I just bored? I think I'm <laughs> bored. You know, the problem is that I'm like, you know what? Instead of two eggs, I can take four. Uh, and oh, yeah. Just, it, it, it <laughs> all trickles down. About 200 <laughs> yeah. calories per egg. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, so it works out. All right. More, Im- you know, what are, I guess, accomplishment you are more uh, proud of? Being a three-time All-American or likely being named a four-time Pepperdine Scholar-Athlete? Scholar-Athlete. Yeah, that, I see that GPA. You're killing it. Well done. Um, <laughs> A lot of hours. A lot of hours. Yeah, I, I came in. Understand. I was like, "Yeah, let's choose. Let's choose a really hard major with the tons of science classes, lots of get in the way of travel and practice. Um, and and then let's let's try to let's try to get a really high GPA in it too, so that we never see people say that's a great <laughs> idea. Yeah, yeah that's but smart. I loved no. it. I loved it. You know, my policy yeah, on biology. Science both freshman year of high school is like as long as the doctor knows how it works i'm good like you lost me at mitochondria that's all i i need some powerhouse (laughs) of the cell but that's it um all right teammate related questions quick and then we'll wrap up your favorite practice partner during your time at pepperdine um probably my teammate uh oh i love practicing with all of them but there's one girl lisa who just like always has the game face on super pumped up and uh it's just fun to practice with her I like it. Favorite to go out with? Go out to like clubs and stuff? Yeah. Well, I've never done that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, go, go out in general just to like the mountains. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it could be Frisbee. It could be hi- exactly. Oh, man. Frisbee Fridays. We have Frisbee Fridays uh, with the whole team <laughs> every Friday. It's awesome. It's like my favorite thing ever. Um, yeah. Is it competitive? Oh, of course. <laughs> yes, yes. We get in each other's faces for sure. Do you think in the Pepperdine record books you have the most Frisbee wins in program history? Oh, definitely. 
glad to yeah. hear it. Um, all right. The teammate, and this is not to say that they are cheaters during matches, but to get under your skin in practice, the teammate that's most likely to hook you. Um, <laughs> yeah, you asked me this last time. I don't want to say. Yeah, no, it, I stick I have, with it. A face definitely comes to mind, but uh, <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to call them out like that. <laughs> uh, no, that's a good senior leader. Um, all right, messiest <laughs> tennis bag. Oh, me. <laughs> yeah are you like are you a bottle collector i just i don't know there's certain parts of my life that i need clean um i need my room to be clean because if i'm studying it's very distracting if things are messy around me i need uh like my backpack to be organized but when it comes to locker room tennis bag i am the culprit like every time when it comes to just clothes (laughs) everywhere the black banana in the bottom of the backpack um, yeah, that's that's me. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, no, I know that feeling. Or like the melted like chewy bar or yeah. something that's just everywhere. Yeah, no, we have definitely been there. Well, uh, that's all I got for you today, Ashley. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat once again. Congratulations on being named a three-time All-American. And you know, I can say this: we look forward to seeing you back during the 2021 season. Hope you stay stay safe and healthy over these next couple of months. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Take care. Hope you all enjoyed my conversation with ITA All-American and number one player in the country, Pepperdine's Ashley Leahy. Of course, a huge thank you to Ashley for taking the time to chat with us once again. And given that we're going to get to see her again during the 2021 ITA season, hopefully we'll get the chance to do part three of this trilogy later on, either this year or before the start of that next season. And again, you know, given some of the news that has come out on Tuesday's podcast, I talked to UNC's Alexa Gray. Ram. Her UNC team was in the midst of a special season, maybe the best season. They were starting to put together maybe the best season in college tennis history. They were 18-0 and at the time the season ended. You know, we're getting all of those North Carolina seniors back. We're getting Ashley Leahy back. We're getting Estela Perez-Somariba, the defending NCAA women's singles champion from Miami, back for her senior year as well. It's going to be a special season come 2021. There's going to be a gluttony of talent. There are going to be so many just loaded rosters. Everyone a year more experienced. Everyone so hungry to get back on the court to compete after the way this past season ended. It's going to be really fun. It's going to be really special. And hopefully, you know, we at Cracked Records will get to go along for the ride. So thank you again to Ashley for taking the time to chat. And as I've mentioned, we've done so many great uh, interviews with college tennis players as of late on. On this podcast or people in the game of college tennis, people like Brianna Schwetz of Princeton, who is the only person who beat Ashley Leahy in 2020. We've also had discussions with Gianni Ross of Virginia, Elliot Spaziri of Texas, Chris Woodruff, the head coach for Tennessee. We've also got so many great interviews in the queue right now. I'll give you guys a little tease of who we've got ahead. We've got the Florida boys, Crawford and Riffis. We've got my guy, Michigan's Andrew Fenty. We've also got Michaela Gordon of Stanford. And You know, again, I'm not going to give you anyone else, but there, there are more. Just trust me when I say there are more for you to enjoy. So be on the lookout for all of them. And, of course, you don't want to miss any of these podcasts. So be sure to like, rate, subscribe, review to this show. Also do it for our other Cracked Rackets podcast. We've got, uh, of course, the Great Shot podcast where Chris Hallioris, Matt Stachowiak, and I broke down and put a bow on the 2020 Division I men's college tennis season. We named our ideal starting lineups. We named our All-Americans, talked about 
our top five teams from the season that we got to saw just again recapped it all and you know it, it was a really fun podcast so I highly recommend it of course on the mini break podcast we continue uh, to talk about the financial implications of this uh coronavirus pandemic on college tennis. We had ITA CEO Tim Russell. We had college tennis insider Andy Katz, who of course some of you may know for his college basketball coverage, but he also is uh, deeply embedded in the game of college tennis. Uh, So many great conversations. We talked to Will Blumberg, an eight-time All-American after this year, about his decision to come back, that and more. So go like, rate, subscribe, review all of those podcasts. Also, please be sure to check out our newest show, the Inside Out Podcast, our deep dive, our new narrative-based uh, podcast, and we think all of you will very much enjoy that as well. Our first season focuses on the belt, the best American male player at any given year during the open era. I'll tell you this, college tennis fans, season two is going to be a college tennis topic that I know you all will enjoy very much. It's certainly the topic that probably got me as invested in the sport as I am today, so be on the lookout for all of those podcasts, and of course, you can find all of our content on our website, CrackedRackets.com. Check out that YouTube channel because super producer Daniel Westhoff continues to kill it on there. And as always, he and uh, super producer Max Fliegner have a of an editing job to do on this podcast. And, you know, day in, day out, it's the work they do that makes it all possible. So shout out to the both of them. Shout out as well to our friends at Midwest Sports. Again, go to MidwestSports.com. Use that promo code CR15. Get 15% off all of your needs, as well as a free can of tennis balls on top of all of the supplies you need to get your game going once again. Uh, But with that being said, again, uh, a big thank you, big shout out. And a big thank you. Shout out to Ashley Leahy for her 2020 season, which truly was spectacular and a huge thank you to her for taking the time to chat with us for her for our super producers max flickner and daniel westoff our friends at midwest sports and all of us here at both crack rackets and the tennis channel podcast network i'm your host alex gruskin stay safe stay healthy and we'll see you all next time thanks everyone 